we live what kind of that we call incarnational faith. And when I say that, incarnational means that we like Jesus, that our faith isn't just an idea. It's not just a, a belief, but it gets lived out in our actions. This week, we are integrating money and meaning by looking at the, at the vision, at the calling for our presence and our impact on the world. Now, in the movie, It's a Wonderful Life, George Bailey gets a wonderful gift of seeing what the world would be like without him in it. Clarence Oddbody, the angel sent to help George, tells him this. You've been given a great gift, George. A chance to see what the world would be like without you. Strange, isn't it? Each man's life touches so many other lives. When he isn't around, he leaves an awful hole, doesn't he? Like George Bailey, we sometimes need some help to see our true value. This is not the net worth we have, but the worth we give in the form of our offerings of love and presence and relationships. Let us prepare our hearts for the scripture this day. of Jesus from the Gospel of Matthew. Stop collecting treasures for your own benefit on earth, where moth and rust eat them and where thieves break in and steal them. Instead, collect treasures for yourselves in heaven, where moth and rust don't eat them and where thieves don't break in and steal them. Where your treasure is, there your heart also will be. The eye is the lamp of the body. Therefore, if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how terrible that darkness will be. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be loyal to the one and have contempt for the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. Beth's life was falling apart. Beth, she's smart. She was on, she was on track to make partner in her law firm. She was married. She had, she had really nice kids. They're, they're still really nice kids, actually. Nice house. And then it just kind of fell apart. They were divorced, and she made a decision to quit her law firm, just quit, because as she put it, 
It was sucking the life out of me. Her kids, kids, a lot changed for them. They went on from going on international vacations to less exotic vacations up to Iowa. It was rough. And Beth was depressed, really depressed. That's kind of how she came into my orbit. Now, every year I do something, and I, and I do it out here on the little circle drive out here on Ash Wednesday, which this year is going to be Valentine's Day. So on Valentine's Day this year, I will be standing out here, and I do this thing where people drive through, and I make the sign of a cross out of ash on a person's forehead. And I just say the same thing to everybody who comes through. Remember this truth of your existence. From dust you were created, and to dust you will return. It's what you do with the days in between that matters so much. And it doesn't matter what religion you are. It doesn't matter what insurance plan that you've got. It doesn't matter how much money you've got. The day will come where the spiritual energy of life in your body will leave it. And your body will die and return to the dust that it's made of. That's the truth of all of our existence. And knowing that, knowing that your time is limited, that can be a blessing. Recognizing that this life will end can remind you to cherish, or to, I say in the benediction, to celebrate every moment that you have. Beth, she had a calling. And it was a spiritual calling that came back to her suddenly. She, she was driving down on 435. And this was about a month before the pandemic. So this is, this is January-ish, uh, end, of, end of January of, two, uh, of 2020. And her car was hit. And it went spinning across 435. And it went, she... Didn't, she was damaged, the car was damaged, but it went off the road. And thankfully hers and the kids' injuries were all minor. But that night, Beth couldn't sleep. And as she put it, that was the night she woke up. She woke up to her truth, her calling. That night she looked in, she looked inside her life and she did not like the path that she was on. And it was more, it was more than just her marriage ending and it was more than her leaving her job or, or more than her kids watching them grow up. It was more about leaving something. It was about going to something. And she realized that so much of her life so much of her life had been dominated by serving money, serving wealth, as the scriptures say. When she was honest about it, she married largely for money, for security. And she had traded precious years of her life in the unhealthy pursuit of security and fulfillment of wealth. And for what? 
She was honest with herself about her job. She said, you know, I got into becoming a lawyer because I knew they made money. And now for what? It was all gone. And she was just getting by. And then she remembered. She remembered a dream, a calling that God had given her a long time ago to teach. Now, back in her law school days, when she'd recall that dream, she'd think, I know what I'll do. I am going to teach in law school once I've made partner, once I feel secure. And that dream, that dream took a beating. Her friends and her family would, would tell her the truth. They would tell her how little teachers actually make. And it is true. It's appalling how little teachers make. It's my opinion anyway. And she knew she'd have to go back to school to retrain for a career that didn't pay that well. Right as her kid's college was coming up. And people would point out to her, they'd point out to her the obvious, what she already knew, that she could go back to lawyering and she'd be just fine. Except in her soul, she knew that the path path that she was spending her precious days, her precious life, was something that was diminishing her, she felt. You have heard it said that time is money. But I say to you that time is life. What you choose to do with your days, your career, your relationships, your retirement, it's more than just earning for your daily bread. Time That's a gift that God has given you. It's life. And what is the vision that you have for the precious days that you have left? And I pray that it is more than just measuring out your money, picking a date and saying, I think I'm going to get this old, and measuring out your money to to last out for how how many years you think you have left. Truly, I pray it's more than that, because life is more than existing. Time is too precious. And even if today were your last day, I believe that you have a chance to make a difference. During this this series, I've got some guided meditations for uh, moments for us. Because truly, what you do, how you incarnate your calling, God's vision for your time, it is far more important than anything that I have to reflect on. Anybody else's experience. So I invite you at a moment right now, kind of wiggle in your seat a little bit, get yourself comfortable, and just take that deep breath in through your nose and out through your mouth. and allow your breathing to return to normal. And close your eyes if you feel comfortable. And as you hear me, allow your mind and your soul to be open to thoughts and images.
Let's say today you find out that you have between five and ten years to live. You won't be debilitated or in pain. You will simply die in that time frame. What would you change about your life? What would stay the same? What choices would you make? What, what new direction might you turn? And what are the money, what are the financial implications of your decisions? Now, after mulling that over for a while, just consider it instead that you only find out that you have one year to live. Does that change anything? What would your ideal day look like if you only had a year to live? And then finally, consider the idea that you will die before sundown today. What would you do with this day? How would you want to spend these few hours? Are you regretting something that you didn't do? Who you didn't become? And how do you want to impact the world with those hours? And what doesn't really matter? This is the exercise, the thought experiment, that I did with Beth. We all know that the moment when we find out that somebody that we love is hurt or sick, all of the extraneous stuff, it just goes out the window. You've had this experience. I, I, it's, usually it's not a great day, but you find that when something serious happens, all of that goes out the window, and we become sharp as a tack. Things that seemed important 10 minutes before have little or no meaning. That's the power of this kind of clarity and this kind of focus. On the other hand, some who do this thought experiment may find that they are doing exactly what they want to be doing right now and that nothing would change. And that is important knowledge to have as well. This, this practice is just a thought experiment, nothing more. And I hope that you can write down or just record the, the thoughts that emerge for you. Because that can be really important because writing down the words, kind of they do, they help you incarnate, make real the calling, the vision that God has for your life. God has given you this one precious life as a gift. Use it well. Amen. Life is so precious, so fragile. We are finite creatures of dust, or as the song goes, frail creatures of dust. 
with immortal spirits. As we have considered the meaning and purpose of life together today, let's rise now to sing, Take My Life and Let It Be, to honor God from where it comes. Please rise. <laughs>